Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to another entry into a Zoomer's Diary. It is currently a not-that-late Sunday night, and we are back once again another week, a week too late, with another entry. I'm your lovely, gracious host, Ed Batiz, and fellas, let me tell you something. I have come to the discovery, come to the discovery, come to the conclusion that as a nearly 16-year-old teenager in today's society, because th- being in today's society has so much to do with it, um, having a, a routine to routinely, uh, r- routine to content creation such as this, even though it's not even like, you know, it's not like I put that much effort into it, uh, sometimes cannot, I cannot realize, I cannot make reality uh, that routine, because life happens, and sadly, I have also come to the conclusion that life is happening the hardest currently. Does that make any sense? I think it does. I speak in a lot of metaphors. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is uh, I was busy, so that's my bad. But we are here once again. I don't think I have anything else to talk about uh, in the beginning. I think we'll just jump straight away into awesome news or awesome articles because... As we all know, I got tired of the awesome news and trying to find up complicated geopolitical news for a joke that wasn't even funny because it was intended for a guest. Uh, But as you can see, I am guestless. No guess? That's me right there. I've noticed that a lot of the articles in my feed, there were a bunch of studies. I mean, there were some I tried to go to relatively independent or uh, more kind of, uh, what is it, centralized sources of of news or articles uh that would interest me so like i saw one article that was like oh that's cool and then it was from fox news and i mean even though fox news maybe not be that bad maybe it is that bad i don't really know i don't really watch the news i was still like maybe i shouldn't be (laughs) quoting something maybe i shouldn't be talking about an article from fox news because obviously as soon as you involve something with uh sides or with choices then you're immediately going to come to find yourself uh, disagreeing with people or conflicting with people. So I thought, well, psychology today can't have that many enemies, right? I don't think so. Anyways, it's what was popping up in my feed, so I've used it. Guys, three signs that a relationship is based on loneliness, not love. Now, reading this article, uh, it made me realize that these are all things... Uh, part of my language that are just common fucking sense and that if you spent more than five minutes thinking about you'd realize oh I'm in this because I am lonely and not because I am in love but sadly we live in an age that is so quick that is so jumped to the punch that is so uh, based in what is it instant gratification and satisfaction and moving 60 miles per hour that the time to sit down and realize hey Maybe this is happening because of this. Having that time is is finite. People don't have that time anymore. Or they're scared of having that time. The amount of people who tell me that they're afraid of being alone with their own thoughts is probably way more than is a healthy amount. Um, But sometimes people, uh, case in point myself, do not have the vocabulary <laughs> or the cognitive level to actually accurately express what they're thinking. Am I talking overcomplicatedly right now? Well, not anymore, because I don't think overcomplicatedly is a word. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, people don't have the tools in their in their brain. I'm I'm one of them. Uh, to accurately express or to figure out that oh I'm feeling this because of this. So when people smarter than us say these things, 
we realize, ah, that's what I'm thinking. It's the whole, uh, it's the whole debacle over like you read something and you feel like it's calling you out. That's probably because it is an issue that you are suffering with and that you have not been able to actually describe and pinpoint that, uh, it's, it's, that's why it's jumped out to you so much and you feel like it's calling you out. But, um, that is one of the ex- exceptions where you should definitely steal that opinion because technically you're not stealing the opinion. You're just like taking parts of that opinion and adding it to your own because I mean, it was your opinion in the first place. You just weren't smart enough to talk about it. I was, uh, like that, uh, uh, like for example, uh, the book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson, that absolutely lovely book. Uh, I wouldn't say it's now an integral part of my personality because a lot of the things in the book were values that I were already keeping or that like are truths that I had already realized, but I did not have the brain power to fully uh, to accurately describe it and to say in a way that made sense instead of it being an intangible thought in my head. I wasn't able to make it like a a material thing and to say it out loud or uh, say it out loud or put it in writing in a way that would do that thought justice. And then I read the book, and I was like, ah! I just peaked the mic. I apologize. But anyways, I was like, oh, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what I'm trying... So, uh, yeah, that that book, I quote that book a lot now. But what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, I went on a gigantic segue. Um, th- common sense. Three signs that a relationship is based on loneliness, not love. Guys, I want you to think to yourself, hmm, what could be a possible uh, indicator that a relationship is based on loneliness and not love, that a relationship is built on forcing forcing it into existence rather than just f- happening to find a romantic partner, making haste to find somebody rather than having somebody come to you. What do you think is, a, is an indicator of that? Well, the first reason that is listed in this Real, real shocker here. Do you, do you feel like you could be your authentic self? One of the clearest signs of a fear-based relationship is not acting like yourself. Your fear of losing your partner drives you to engage in relationship-pleasing behaviors, such as changing aspects of your personality or sacrificing your values in order to avoid retribution or judgment from your partner. Why do you do this? Why does this happen in relationships based off of loneliness? Well, it's because you're afraid of losing them and then thus becoming lonely and then thus and thus becoming lonely once again. Oh my god mind blown am i right uh some pointers uh some examples of how relationships can sour when one or more of the following things happen are one partner attempts to influence and monitor the other's attitude one partner acts helplessly and has difficulty get difficulty coping with challenging situations and one partner invades of the other's self boundaries so both sides of the same coin with a victim and a saver when you are constantly trying to adapt to someone else's expectations of you, you're neglecting your own wants and needs, which obviously will lead to you know feelings of dissatisfaction and loss of identity, but that is all rooted in your fear of losing that person who is now no longer making you feel lonely. Um, there's also references to research, really interesting articles that for some reason sent me to Yahoo search because there's a virus on my computer. Not, okay, when I was like, when, okay, when I said that uh, I, I, I looked it up, guys. I Googled it. When I said that my Google searches were now going to Yahoo because of a, a, a virus on my computer, everyone's instant reaction was, you've been watching porn. I have not been. 
I just download a bunch of recording software for my for my setup. So no, I I, I was not. <laughs> I, God, I was. It was a virus. I got scared and my pants fell off because of the virus. No, it's not that situation. I swear to God, it just keeps sending me to Yahoo because of recording software. Because of uh oh my God, I forgot the I forgot the definite of the term for it. It's like jumper viruses, where like they. They latch on. It's malware. It's like where they latch on to certain uh, downloads, and then they'll uh, they'll obviously infect the computer, and then lead to other side effects or symptoms, such as being sent to Yahoo, which is kind of like being sent. It's like Yahoo is the Ohio of the internet, and I'm not even gonna elaborate on that because I can't think of a punchline uh, to to make that actually funny. Um, what was I saying? I completely forgot something about Yahoo. Oh yeah. Research does show that a healthy relationship has a healthy balance between what they called autonomy and proximity, which reading the reading the studies actually made me realize that, ah, yes, oh, wait, these two words are, uh, are what are they, antonyms of each other? Because autonomy is being independent, is being alone, being by yourself, and then proximity is being interdependent and then being with another person, being obviously in proximity to another person. So... Healthy relationships have a healthy balance between the two. Uh, and so that's why when they begin to inflict on that, they begin to unbalance that relationship between proximity and autonomy, things can go bad and sucky. Uh, the second major reason, or the second major, uh, I, po- what? Yeah, second major reason, uh, or the second major question that is asked on whether or not you know a relationship could be based in loneliness rather than love, or a relationship is based in loneliness rather than love, is, drumroll please, (laughs) man, who could have figured this out, do you need to be in their constant company to be happy? Yes, you're supposed to find happiness in the company of those you truly love. However, for some, that joy becomes an effort to avoid a paralyzing fear of loneliness. Much like heroin, relationships can be like a drug it's like a dopamine rush like for example i have a mm, i do not have a hoodie uh that smells like a person hypothetically some people i don't know who some friends of mine they'll have they have a hoodie that smells like a person of of uh of a, a like either they're in a relationship or there's some level of closeness. i have a hoodie that smells like them and they'll just be like Sniffing it, like give it a sniff, like throughout the day. That sounds so fucking weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll just like smell the hoodie, uh, occasionally. But like, it's it's almost like they're taking hits from a vape pen because it's like throughout the day and it's just randomly and it creates. I don't know. I haven't personally experienced this, but they say that it gives them a a, a sort of a rush or a feeling of um, almost like a dopamine surge. They feel glad. They feel more awake. They feel happier. They feel more pleasant. It. It is, obviously, it's going to light up the same uh, areas of your brain as drugs do because those areas of your brain are preyed upon by things that are wanting to make you happy, that are wanting to make you addicted or hooked on the, you know, the chemical that it's trying to sell, on the chemical, whatever that's being released. It's obviously going to target that same uh, area. So drugs and love, consequently, I mean, they're the, they have the same effect. Um, so people will use that validation will use that attention will use that feeling of love to bury their more prominent feelings of loneliness they'll feel hollow 
when they're not around that partner, they'll realize that, or like in the absence of that partner, they'll feel alone and they'll realize, oh, I'm incapable of being happy. So when that happens, then it's indicative that they have a fear of losing that person rather than loving the person. If you can't be happy by yourself, then maybe you don't love the person. You're just afraid of losing them because they're the ones, they're the one thing that is keeping you happy and that is making you feel not lonely. Now, obviously, this shouldn't be kind of taken to the extreme end and this shouldn't be villainized incredibly because, of course, craving quality time with a partner is healthy and obviously advisable for relationship growth. In fact, uh, there was another study referenced in this uh, in this article where, oh yeah, where relationships where they have more they spend more quality time together have less feelings of what how do they say it of not reactive jealousy of um okay my grandma just walked into the room uh and was like me dices los pantalones los pediste porque porque no me porque no me dijiste si te quedan and i was like uh she, she got me a bunch of pants uh from ross and i guess i only tried one pair on and i forgot that there were five other pairs in the bag so i i I don't, you know what, I'll, I'll try the pants on after. Um, what was I saying? Oh, God, I, for, I forgore. Damn it. Oh, yeah, relationships where they spend more quality time together will have less feelings of suspicious jealousy, which has been characterized as the negative facet of jealousy. Suspicious jealousy, obviously rooted in self, is low self-esteem, low self-confidence, rooted in the uh, in ins, in insecure thoughts that, you know, your partner uh, is there's a there's a threat to the relationship that isn't actually there or that is you know not actually a threat. Suspicious jealousy is the bad type. Reactive jealousy is the good type and signifies that you were emotionally bonded to that person and it strengthens that intimacy that you have with that person and those feelings you have for that person. And reactive jealousy is jealousy that, as in the name, is reactive. Where <laughs> if if something bad happens, you are then jealous. If an action takes place that would provoke jealousy and that there's no suspension there's no just in the in the thinking like you see something that makes you jealous like i don't know like your partner's flirting with somebody else someone else is flirting with your partner and then that stokes a feeling of jealousy that is reactive jealousy you're reacting to something that is making you jealous and that's the healthier type but obviously uh jealousy is a multi-dimensional it's not even a two-sided coin it's a multi-dimensional uh an emotion uh, an emotion, multi-dimensional and emotion. Come on, brain. Multi-dimensional emotion that ha- carries with it negative and positive uh, facets. What was I saying? Oh yeah, we were on being happy with the other person. Now, obviously, if you spend a lot of quality time with this person, then you will be uh, you'll be better off if you are in love with them and not uh, with them because you're lonely. You will be better off uh, independent because you already spend a lot of time with that person. It's like, I can spend a lot of time away from my mom because she's been here every damn day of my life for 15 years. So like, I'm fine with like leaving for like a week, okay? I'm not gonna feel horribly depressed because of it. Mom, if you're listening, I love you. Oh, and not only is it just between you and the partner, but ask yourself, if you prefer hanging out with your partner alone or in the company of others, as the article says, if you find that it's difficult to share your partner in social settings, This may also indicate that you are overly reliant on your partner for attention and happiness. Why? Well, because when you are sharing your partner in social settings, they are not dedicating all of the attention and all of the happiness that they can towards you. 
And if you find yourself distraught over that, and if you find yourself unhappy over that, then obviously there's an issue. The third reason, oh my goodness, this is what I was just talking about. Do you get jealous easily? Now, obviously, according to research, occasional jealousy in relationships is normal and can be seen as a positive force and that it reminds couples not to take each other for granted. Um, however, comma, <laughs> is, is there food in my teeth? Wait, my tongue found it, but my finger can't. Okay, we're good. Uh, intense... What was I saying? Oh, yeah. However, comma, intense or irrational jealousy, on the other hand, is rooted in our fear of abandonment. Research has shown that lower levels of trust in a partner may cause individuals with anxious attachment styles, such as, you know, people who are people who suffer from suspicious jealousy, which in turn is because they suffer from low self-esteem, low self-confidence, a uh, insecurities, whatever. Uh, they'll snoop through a partner's belongings and, and become psychologically abusive. I mean, shit, yeah, I don't think being psychologically abusive would be rooted in love anyways. Uh, insecurities, in a more general sense, can cause us to become paranoid about losing our partner. They can stir up toxicity that may cause rifts in a relationship. Conclusion. I'm just going to read this conclusion because I feel like it. Haste makes waste, especially in relationships. When you feel like you are in desperate need of a partner... You might end up rushing into a decision prematurely because I'm not coding this. I'm just saying it because if you ever feel like you are in desperate need of a partner in the first place, then that is just a sign that you are lonely rather than wanting love, wanting to find love, wanting to be in love with a person. Right. That makes sense. Okay. I'm now quoting waiting for the right time to get into a relationship, although challenging, can lead us towards a partnership based on true love and shared interests, not loneliness or a fear of being single. Because relationships in and of themselves should be, at base, best friends with that person. And then on top of that, you happen to be dating. However, without the dating, there's still a rooted friendship there. Obviously, that is really difficult uh, with some people because, you know, being friends with exes and not having that intimate connection with that person anymore or not being able to have that intimate connection with that person anymore is very difficult. But, I mean, it's definitely doable and I think in the long run, it can lead to being able to adapt to that and being able to set that baseline of friends first, dating after, uh, would lead to healthier outcomes, whether they stay together or whether they break up. Because, I mean, not only because of that, but if your partner, if you treat your partner like a separate species that you have to like treat right so they don't leave you or you have to like do all these tricks with, you know, look up articles like, oh, things that turn women off or like the tricks to make women happy. And like instead of treating them like they're on the same level as you and that you are their best friend at the end of the day, that in and of itself is an issue. But obviously people suffer from that a lot uh, in high school because high school is a is an overcharacterized stereotyped environment where a bunch of hormonal teenagers thinking that what they're feeling is love, but it's actually just being horny, is, what was I even saying? I had a point that I was making. Oh yeah, is going to cause those mixed feelings about relationships, is going to cause that confusion of what relationships should be. I personally suffered from this. I was in a relationship because I was lonely, not because I was happy. 
it was not <laughs> or not because I was in love with that person at the end of the day. I appreciated her and I liked her, but it was based in loneliness at the end of the day. It was so incredibly rushed and so forced. And guess what? We weren't good for each other anyways, which characterizes a loneliness-based relationship rather than one being in love. Um so that was an that was an article that I think really uh, nicely ties everything together and provides a a nice explanation of what I hope most people understand or what most people realize. Moving on from that, um, fucking what pop talk? Yeah, pop talk. Woo! You know, pop talk was originally going to be just where I talk about pop culture with a guest. And I was gonna just we were just gonna talk about what they'd recently seen, what they thought about it, whatever. Uh, however, comma that obviously didn't happen, so I kind of had to just adapt. Uh, so I would just like make news about pop culture, even though I had zero interest. Let's see, I just pulled up musicnews.com. What's happening? Adam Levine hesitated about Las Vegas residency for a really long time. Why is that? Uh, because it has a stigma attached to it. it has changed over the years, and they feel relevant now. It's for a long time. You had a stigma. You had a stigma attached to moving to Las Vegas. I, okay, good for you. That's awesome. Let's see what else. <gasps> Louis Capaldi quit. Fe- quit fears. What? Louis Capaldi quit. Fe- oh, Louis Capaldi's quit fears. Louis Capaldi fears he may have to quit music. Uh, him quitting music is a very real possibility because his Tourette's syndrome is getting worse. He has Tourette's. My twitch gets worse when I sit down to play piano, physically painful, and I get really short of black, and it's like my back fucking kills me when I go to do it. Okay, well, yeah, I can see. If if a Tourette syndrome is affecting you, then I don't think making music and singing is going to be the best option for you. In fact, Tourette's actually affects a lot of other uh, areas of life, not only in entertainment, but but obviously, you know, some people with Tourette's, for example, Sweet Anita, uh, based on in Twitch, can they can make uh, a name for themselves and they can hold a prominent career and entertainment even with Tourette's. Uh, however, when you're based in a in a live performance, uh, then that can't obviously affect you. But what was I saying? Oh yeah, not only in the entertainment industry, but in other areas of life. For example, uh, <laughs> this is not this is not <laughs> this isn't specific to anyone who might be listening to this. If you have Tourette's. And you want to work in the social sphere. This is not calling this person out. This is just informing listeners and me using them as me using this person as an example. You can't be a doctor if you have Tourette's. Because you could be doing surgery with a scalpel. And then suddenly, oh, and then swipe. Oops, you just cut open an artery. That sucks. You also can't be in the military. Because, watch, you're practicing with your firearm. You're learning drills, and then suddenly, uh, ooh, you pull the trigger, and then your sergeant now has a 9mm round in his forehead. So, it, it, it certainly does affect what aspects of life you could make a career out of. Um, some alternatives to that, uh, this that this, this, this person, uh, using them as, a, as an example, uh, some alternatives that people with threats can use is being a lawyer, um, but... That is, I think that's only uh, in the case that when you're focused, your tics go away. Because if your Tourette's are so prominent that even when in a focused state, even when in a I need to save my client's life uh, mode, uh, that they'll still kick in. Uh, and then you'll call the judge a pedo. That that might be an issue. But for some, when they focus and the Tourette's goes away, then that's not entirely an issue. But I, uh, I don't even know 
because, okay, right now the trade-off is worth it. But if it gets to a point where I'm doing irre irrep irreparable damage to myself, I'll quit. The twitches became out of control. It was awful, absolutely horrific. Oh, it's absolute fucking horrible. Oh, he does have an upcoming Netflix documentary, How I'm Feeling Now. Uh, so that'd be really interesting. I didn't actually know that he looked like that. That's very cool. Well, I actually really hope that he can get he can pull through despite his Tourette's getting progressively worse. Uh, because I, along with many other people, despite his music being overplayed on the radio, uh, I I do fuck with his music because that shit bops. Well, I did it. I did pop talk. Whoa, woo! I I just kind of pulled up. It was really that easy. Well, listen. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I'll pull up music news or today today dot com, and it'll be like uh, like Lily Allen reveals ADHD diagnosis, or like uh, uh what is this? Donnie Taj Mahal. Oh, it's an album. Oops. Okay. Luke Combs would find it weird to charge fans for meeting him. Or for meets and greets. And it's like, oh, okay. that That's cool. Good for you. And then I just have no effort. To, I just have no motivation to just be like, to just talk about it. Um, But we did it because God was gracious today. Or Allah or Vishnu or one of, the, one of the big dogs. Someone just texted me the letter R. Should I be afraid for my safety? That's weird. Okay, moving on from that though. Uh, Before we talk life a little bit. We have the segment that must be included in every segment now, or every entry now. You love it, you know it. Ask a teen. The segment where you ask me your silliest or serious questions. Most serious? Silliest or serious? Can I, can I say that grammatically? I don't know. Uh, oh, that reminds me that I my I don't think my English teacher has graded my paper. I had a five-page paper uh, that was I did like partially last minute. Uh, and it ended up being 10 pages, and I don't know if I'm going to get marked down for that or if she's going to be like, oh, my God, his brain's so awesome. But not being able to know if serious and silliness are uh, <laughs> similar words is probably going to be a problem. They're not similar words because silliness has the suffix ness. Serious doesn't. Anyways, ask a teen. Question from Esmeralda. Hi, Esmeralda. I like your name. Um, question from Esmeralda. <laughs> what BuzzFeed sandwich are you? Ooh, I'm gonna... <laughs> okay, actually, let me... Or wait, is it what BuzzFeed sandwich? Oh, like what sandwich are you, but it's a BuzzFeed test? I haven't actually checked. You know what? Okay, I'm gonna go take the test right now, and then I'll come back. Okay, I lied. I want to take this test while recording. What the fuck are these questions? Okay. Pick a website, it's fine. Pick a 90s Nickelodeon show. Um, I'm not saying the show's on here because then everyone's going to get mad at me that I don't know um, <laughs> all of them except for one. Pick a donut? Okay, yeah, I'm feeling... I mean, it depends on my mood. I'm feeling chocolate glazed. Pick a slang word. YOLO, amazeballs, swag, turnt up, swole, cray. Okay, when was this article made? 2014? Yeah, all right, that makes sense. Pick something green. Okay, the wise decision is probably either the, the, the leafy greens or the $100 bill. But if I'm going truly, primarily what I'm feeling right now, it's probably the green M&Ms. Uh, obviously, I'm just trying to give this, give this website an accurate, <laughs> accurate, accurate answers so they can accurately <laughs> see what sandwich I am. Pick an SNL weekend update host. Yeah, okay. 
pick an appetizer from Olive Garden. Calamari. Pick a Star Wars character, Lando. Pick something fluffy. Okay, what am I feeling right now? Cotton candy, pancakes, pillow. Mm, I'll go with the cow. Pick some sprinkles. Those are not sprinkles. Those are marbles. That Those are beads. Pick a shade of gray? What do you mean pick a... Fucking, huh? Pick a shade of gray? Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What sandwich am I, BuzzFeed? I'm a fucking meatball sub? I beg your pardon? A meatball sub? Meatball sub. What's up, bro? Broski? Brosif? Brosif? Professor? Brosidon? Ruler of the Broshim? Barack? Bro-bama? Lindsay? Brohan? Han Brolo, Abraham Lincoln, Napoleon Bonaparte. What does bro have anything to be with? Am I a bro? Am I a stere- Have I been reduced to a stereotypical straight jock because of my answers? Is a meatball sub representative of a fucking bro? Ugh. Okay, fine. I, I'm a meatball sub, Esmeralda. Thank you for- Thank you for making me- uh, Thank you for making me- Go on this journey and uh, realizing my true self. Okay. <laughs> and that was Ask a Teen. If you have any questions you'd like to ask this team, please email us your questions at azumersdiary at gmail.com. And we will do our, our best to our... I keep using plural, singular. I will do my best to pick your questions to make you happy and other people happy. I'm trying to make everyone happy. Actually, that's bad. Don't do that. It's unhealthy. But thank you. Anyways, as we move on from that, wow, a meatball sub. God, I need to make. I'm making that my Instagram note now. Where's my phone? Oh, that's right. My phone is not here. <laughs> Buzzfeed says I'm a meatball sub. Okay. Uh, as we move on from that, let's finish this entry out. How we finish off any every entry. Is that a there's a dirt is, is there a dirty joke there? I can't really see it. I'm too lazy to make it. Uh, with talking life a little bit. Let's see. What's been going on? Oh, yeah. Um, so, there is a competition regionally and then goes to nationally. The national competition is in New York because it always is. Uh, called the called the, the Montes. Or, sorry, the Monty Awards. And they are basically uh, like high school musical th- theater co- finals, right? They, this, this is making it to the regional competition. Uh, you invite, like, our theater, our director uh, will pay a fee, and judges from the Monty Awards will come to our musical and evaluate it, seeing if we're eligible or not, and then they will pick people from the main the, the uh, main cast uh, to compete in the regional competition of the Montes, and these are the best of the best. This is the culling of high school talent to try and find the best actor and best actress Actress, actress, actress to send to New York to the national competition, which is also known as the Jimmies, uh, which is in New York. It's called the Jimmies. Um, And you perform on a Broadway stage and it's like this whole extensive like educational program where you uh, you sing a uh, this is like the regional level. You rehearse and rehearse from like four to eight Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and you have your song and a contrasting song and you're practicing group numbers. And it's this whole gigantic event. It's a really, really a big deal in southern arizona uh i along with two of my other castmates got selected we're eligible so now we have to compete which means 
more rehearsals. And so that was cool. And then also this month, I'm going to New York because I I did a thing. I don't know. It's I don't know. Not that big of it's not that big of a deal. I I did I read Shakespeare well, and I got selected for to represent Tucson uh, in the English speaking unions uh, national Shakespeare competition that they have every year. And I think I already talked about this in a previous episode where I was the judges asking me like why I chose that monologue and I couldn't answer them honestly because the honest answer would have been it was one of the easiest to understand. Uh, so that was cool. So this month is going to be uh, incredibly busy. Oh, also, I have, because of my New York trip conflicting with our regular show times, like our school uh, theater time, our school show times, because like, usually it's like around the 25th that we have our second semester show. Because of that, we had to move it uh, two weeks earlier. So we threw together what we're calling the sketchy show. It's not a written script. It's not a production we bought the rights to. It is a show that we completely made up that spawned from the idea of what if we had an SNL type event. So we all wrote a bunch of skits and we mashed them together back to back. And that's the sketchy show. So we have to cast, we cast it. We're rearranging the skits. We have to pull out furniture and sets and props and, be fully memorized and get transitions down and costume changes down for a show that happens, I think next week or like the week after next, it's like April 12th and 13th. So that's awesome. It's going to April is going to be a very stressful, 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 stressful month. And then after that, I'm doing a summer camp <laughs> for mean girls to be in mean girls, the musical. Uh, there is a the uh, regional one of the bigger uh, voice teachers uh, in this area is partnering with the Southern Arizona uh, theater theater company to put on a summer camp to perform Mean Girls at one of the theaters, and I signed up and I'm gonna audition for that later. Uh, and I think, but I'm saying all of this for a reason. Having all of these, realizing how busy my schedule is going to be, and realizing how much it, it seems I'm doing, I, I'm not sure. Uh, whether to be proud of it at all, because, I mean, my my principal my principal told me that experiences are equally as important as merit, but uh, I was signing I was filling out a form to be in to, to be inducted in uh, our chapter of the National Honor Society, you know, high school bigwigs, whatever, um, and I was filling out a form where there were a bunch of boxes, and it was like describe oh yeah extracurricular activities leadership positions community activities volunteer hours uh work awards slash merit slash recognition and filling out that form made me so incredibly depressed because i don't think on any of them i filled out more than like three boxes and i don't know if it's a quality over quantity type of thing or maybe it's better that i'm focusing on a specific area but I don't know if I should feel good about what I'm doing because it doesn't feel like I'm actually doing anything. Uh, and I'm not sure if this is like a phase of growing up where now that we have since our society and success, mostly it's based on merit. And, you know, if you're going the college route, uh, which I'm legally obligated to, let's be real. <laughs> Mexicanos, colleges look at merit. Last time I checked, I mean... With as is reality, I feel like they wouldn't be looking at experiences rather than merit. 
They're not going to care that you had a good time doing the summer camp. They're going to care that you, you know, were the student. I heard a noise behind me and I just shit myself. Uh, They're going to care that you were elected student body president or that you planned fundraisers or that you saved, you gave water to dehydrated orphans in Kenya. Like, they're not going to care that you had a good time doing a, a, a theater production. Or at least I don't think. So, it, despite it seeming like there's a lot going on, I still feel like it's, I feel, I still feel like nothing's really happening and that I'm not really working for anything. I'm not really like actually earning anything off of merit because it's not something I can put down in a resume. And then my principal said, like countered me on that too. She was like, you can put this on a resume and it's mostly about the experience, but I just, I don't know. Maybe it's a part of growing up. I think, uh, I'm sure I could put it on a resume that I did all this stuff, but then again, it's not work experience. It's not, uh, you know, things that are really rooted in education. It's all, it's all the arts. It's all extracurricular. So it was strange though, because when I was starting to get into the flow of things, you know, practicing for Shakespeare and, uh, getting my results back from the Southern Arizona festival, uh, theater, uh, I got two excellences, one superior superior is a top rank. If you get all superiors, you go straight to national. So I did, I did, I got close. Uh, my sophomore year, so that's cool. I think that's when I, I I really started to think, hey, maybe I could do this. I, maybe I can make it. And then I just thought about it more. I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> that reality is uh, is a pessimistic beast. Now, of course, pessimism is bad as well as optimism. So I do my best to be a realist. First things first, I'm a realist. <sighs> that's fucking dumb. I'm gonna edit that out. Uh. Realism is where bad things are bad and good things are good. Now, it may seem like life is a lot better living like this and that uh issue you you are you live you live in the you're in the Mile High Club. Wait, what is the Mile High Club? Isn't that a sex thing? Did I just make an inappropriate reference to something I don't understand? Mile High Club. What is the Mile High Club? Refers to two people engaging in sexual activity at an altitude of no less than 5,280 feet. Ah, shit. I'm sorry. Not Mile High Club. We're not using that. No. Abort. Uh-uh. I can't. God damn. That's what it means. Fuck. I, God, shit. You know what I mean? Being a realist does not mean uh, it's not as easy as it seems because good and bad are subjective. Sometimes you won't know what's good. Sometimes you won't know what's bad. That does not mean you're in the Mile High Club. It means, God damn it, I should have. It, it doesn't mean you're better than anyone else. Like in in terms of like how you kind of approach things, and your mindset about things, because you don't know what's good. You don't know what's bad. I don't know if what I'm doing is good. People are like, Oh my God, it's good. But to me, it doesn't feel good. To me, I mean, maybe you'll think otherwise once I'm fucking rehearsing for twelve hours, uh, and flying across the country to do a competition that's like eight hours long but at the end of the day what am I going to be able to you know get what am I going to be able to write down on a resume you know at the end of the day what am I going to be able to show some you know important educational figure to be like hey you should accept me into your school because I did this like am I going to be proud of what I'm doing so and I'm sure that's a question that a lot of other people have so uh, I hope I'm not being specific or incredibly too specific uh, for anybody to relate to because I, I think growing up, especially now, seeing now, especially now in a world where the extraordinary is broadcasted 
and you can open up your phone and see all the things that other people are doing, I, I think it kind of amplifies that feeling of, of an accomplishment, an accomplishment, not an accomplishment. And you kind of start to feel like you're not really achieving much in life. But then again, like my principal said, it's about the experience. So I think placing value in the experience rather than girl, I am recording right now. Huh? Okay, got my 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 bad. <laughs> this is why we lock our door. You know, I had an on air sign, like a light up on air sign that was velcro to my door. My mom got me one. It was absolutely awesome, amazing, great. It had all the features of my LED lights, but on it was on air. Uh, and then my sister broke it because she slammed the door, uh, and then it fell off and then shattered into like five pieces. But that's cool. It's fine. I'll just I'll, I'll write on a piece of paper and then stick it to my door with a thumbtack. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. I think placing value in the experience and placing more value in the experience and learning to be kind of training your mind to be happy with the experience rather than a stamp of approval or an award or a recognition or, you know, something that you can write down and I don't know, an application to National Honor Society is really important to getting, you know, getting people through that phase where they think that they're not achieving much. So that's something that has to be worked on. Obviously, it's going to be hard because putting value into other things is easier said than done because your mind is biologically rooted in putting value in other things. And those are the things that will make you feel. Those are the things that will make you feel good or bad or neutral or angry or sad or happy or uh, accomplished or whatever. So it's all about honing your mind and taking control of your thoughts and what you place value in. Because nobody else is forcing you to place value in anything. Nobody, You are not living up to anybody else's standards. Everything is subjective. Everything is personal to you. And that includes what, you're ha- what you find happiness in. And what you think being accomplished means. So, remember that. Okay. I'm sorry to get all introspective. We have to eventually. This is... Azumar's diary after all anyways i speaking of i have made my entry into Azumar's diary thank you all so much for listening and catch me next week when once again i can make no promises good night fellas